Okay, thanks. Hi, I'm Cindy, um, Couplesful Reader, Recovering Anorexic. Hi, Cindy. Glad to be, glad to be here. Um, thank you for asking me to speak. And uh, I'd like to start out by reading a short selection from the OA 12 Steps and 12 Traditions from Step 2 um, on page uh, 13, uh, where it's talking about higher power and acting as if. Um, on uh, paragraph two, it says, however, OA members are human. Sometimes when our group or sponsors failed us in some way, we felt cut off from the support that had come to mean so much to us and our new sanity seemed threatened. We now needed a more reliable way of relating to a higher power. At this point, we learned we could act as if. This didn't mean we were to be dishonestly pious or pretend we believed in God when we didn't. It meant we were free to set aside theological arguments and examine the idea of spiritual power in light of our own desperate need for help with our lives. Some of us began by asking ourselves, what do I need from a higher power? What would I like such a power to be and do in my life? Once we identified this power for ourselves, we found we felt at ease with it. Then we began to act as if such a power existed, and we found good things happening to us as a result. Little by little, as we experienced changes for the better in our lives, we came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. All right. Um, and I like starting out with that because, you know, step two, I came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity um, is uh, still important to me and something that I, that I still need to remember and to trust uh, today. Um, so what it used to be like, what happened, what it's like now. I uh, I came into OA in June of 1994. Uh, and I came in through a treatment center for anorexia. I was a teenager. And uh, when I got out, um, someone at the treatment center said, well, kiddo, uh, glad you believe in God. You could really use a relationship with a higher power. You know, why don't you? you know, try going to OA. I said, okay, what's that? And so I started going to a women's OA meeting and uh, I got a sponsor right away. Um, and I was, I was surprised that the people in the meeting who were, you know, mostly older than me and had more responsibilities weren't correspondingly more stressed out than me um, because I was expecting them to be because my family, you know, believed in God, but they were stressed out a lot. And I just figured that that's what happened. You just had more responsibilities. And in fact, I thought God gave them to me. And I was stressed out because I had to do stuff for, quote, him. And uh, I was really surprised. I was like, oh, they they actually trust him, not just on paper. And, um, you know, so uh, to back up um, what it used to be like, um, uh, before I got eating disorder, I um, was, um, you know, a, like a kind of perfectionistic. Uh, I always wanted to do a really good job at everything. Um, but I was also um, kind of, you know, I didn't talk a lot. I talk a lot now. But I didn't talk a lot um, because I was censoring everything I would say. I didn't want to be corrected or religioned out of it. I didn't want to say something that could be, you know, corrected later. 
they like people in our family don't say xyz or people in our religion don't say xyz anything like that and uh you know i i really didn't um and i was also afraid of making god or whatever look bad it'd be a bad example for him and i didn't make that up i mean but you know i took it harder than you know the other people they told it to most of them and um uh like i didn't want people to know that i had an eating disorder because maybe they wouldn't want to follow whatever religion i was following and i'd be bad like a bad pr for him and i mean it was this big mess i wasn't allowed to be human because i had to cover for him <laughs> you know and um i don't think that's how it works um and so i uh i had been um you know i have to put a lot of pressure on myself and you know my my family as a whole as a system put a lot of pressure on itself you know academically religiously you know morally you got to be the example you know ddd and um i didn't know cuz they talk about character defects and you know pride and fear and you know judgmentalism and stuff um yeah i have them but the whole family had them is what it feels like and uh, and some of the some of the uh, stuff that i learned later i was like that's a character defect i thought that was like a virtue <laughs> <laughs> specifically people pleasing i thought that was like you know that made me a good person you know or not standing up or self-esteem being low i thought those were all like a good thing and uh you know and i was like that's not fair man i got Five good minutes. thank you i got good at them thinking they were a <laughs> and they say they say in step six and seven that all of our you know, character flaws or personality traits that aren't helping us started out as survival skills. And I totally get that, you know, in whichever family system or, or whatever system, like we kind of needed them or I kind of needed them. And then later I didn't need them and I didn't know how to get out of them. And so that's where like step two comes in with like, oh, maybe there's power greater than me that can help. Um, man, you know, I thought that all the, like lo being a loner and, and, uh, and the stress and stuff, I was like, okay, well, why am I, you know, in the corner? Why am I, you know, why do I not have a lot of friends, whatever. And I decided it was my body and I had to change it. And, uh, it, it wasn't my body and I didn't have to change it. I, I, I got the thing that I got right was that something needed to change, but I picked the wrong solution. <laughs> and, uh, I thought I'll just, you know, like rather brutally just sort of burn away whatever it is that's keeping me in the corner and I'll be a brand new person. And, uh, well, I changed, but not in the way I thought. And, uh, and I wound up getting really sick and I was not, you know, I didn't have oodles of friends and wasn't happy, joyous and free because um, it, it, didn't, it didn't work like that, you know. And, uh, but when I got into OA, um, you know, step one, I didn't have a problem with step one, you know, admitted we were powerless over food in our lives. I could become a manful check. Okay. Cause they say like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm succeeding at A, B, C, D. And the only thing I'm not succeeding at is food. I didn't have that. I was not succeeding at A, B, C, D. Right. Like the, the, you know, my life was in danger because of an eating disorder and I couldn't like, I had just got out of treatment center. Clearly step one. All right. Step two came to believe that a power greater than myself 
could restore us to sanity. Um, the people I knew in the OA group had had longer and gnarlier stories with their eating disorders, most of them, and their higher power had helped them out of it and working the steps had helped them. And so I was like, well, if it worked for them, you know, why not, you know? And step three, um, the first thing, you know, turning will and life over to the care of, and I like that it says care, that the care of God is, I understood him, not to the pile of expectations, you know, masquerading as God or the, you know, whatever. And um, the first thing I had to turn over, you know, was, you know, food I had been uh, doing, you know, starvation restriction, stuff like that, which is the opposite of step three in my book, because I'm trying to control everything solo. And then, I, you know, and then, of course, I can't, I can't control that. And so, um, but that's the first thing I had to follow. I had a medical plan I had to follow for the first um, year or two. And uh, I actually followed it. And um, like, uh, that was definitely a higher power thing. Because and I say the step three, I had to start with the food because if I had been doing my eating disorder, there's no way I would have been able to do the other steps or, you know, it, you know, it's like, it just wouldn't work. Uh, step four, um, you know, the personal inventory. Um, I was really freaked out the first time I did step four because, I, you know, like uh, they had questions about like pride. And when I found out I had it, like I, I freaked out because I thought that that made, meant you were God's enemy and I didn't want to be in danger. And so when I found out I had pride, I was like, oh no, now what? Like, like God didn't know. Is that 10? Oh, okay. I thought someone was giving a reminder. Um, and, and it was really silly that, I mean, I was terrified, but I, I, it was really silly because it's not like, you know, if God was there, that God wouldn't know that I had pride until I found out that I had it. Like, you know, that doesn't make sense. And then why would you like save someone's life and then later like go after them because you're angry that they have pride. Like that doesn't make sense. And so um, one day I told somebody who wasn't even in program that I was freaked out because I found out that I always wanted all the attention and wanted to be number one. And they said, well, doesn't everybody? And I was like, do they? Oh, good. It's all of them. Okay. And because if it's all of them, then I'm not the, the, the exception. And I learned a lot about not being the exception in this program. And, uh, and step five was awesome. I felt really you know, relieved every time I've done a fourth and fifth step, like something major has changed, has changed, um, you know, telling it to someone I trust, usually my sponsor. Um, Ten minutes. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and it always feels like a huge weight coming off because like, even if it's not like a major secret, like if it's something that I think is really major and it's inside and I, and I tell somebody and I'm like, okay, it doesn't even matter if they didn't think it was that major. Like I got it out. And uh, if it's if it's major enough to make me feel sick, like then it's major enough to say so, you know. And uh, and then step six and seven, like, um, like I said, you know, beating myself up for having a character flaw um, is not actually a virtue. I, you know, I mean, there's, uh, I was gonna I was gonna reference. A, a movie where there were characters that were rather comically, you know, beating themselves over the head, it, but that's, that's not actually a virtue. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought it was, um, because I'd seen, you know, adults 
modeling, you know, you know, beating themselves up for having a flaw or whatever they called it. And, uh, and that's not step six and seven, because it doesn't change anything. I mean, six and seven is about change, asking, you know, being ready to let go of whatever the habit is or the trait or whatever, and let higher power, you know, remake it. And um, if I sit there and beat myself up for having it, it never changes. And because uh, there's no action. And then, um, and then uh, step eight and nine, like, I mean, I don't like having to make amends to people, but it, I was so relieved that there even was an amends step because I just thought before that if I made a mistake, that was just the end. Like, I just can't make them because the friendship will end or whatever. Like, I had better make sure that I never accidentally say something that might hurt someone else's feelings, even if I don't know, which I don't know how I'm supposed to prevent that if I don't think I'm doing it. <laughs> because if I make a mistake, that's the end. But when once I found out there was a step nine, I was like, oh, you can go clean it up. Like, I thought that it didn't work like that. I thought, you know, even if you apologized and tried to fix it, it would still be the end. And it's like, well, it could, like it said in the big book, like it can be the end if they want, but it's usually not. And, uh, you know, if I said, you know, I'm sorry, I did X, Y, Z, I, I realized I hurt you and I wasn't trying to, and I'm going to change it by doing this or whatever. You know, most of them aren't going to be like, you know, you know, you're banished forever, you know. Uh, and uh, even if they are, like, it's at least got it out. Um, and step 10, um, you know, if something is major enough for me that it makes me really angry during the day or it makes me feel sick or whatever, then I usually write it on paper and read it to my sponsor. It might not be the same day, but I'm going to be like, hey, I got some stuff to read, you know. <laughs> God bless her. She's very patient about uh, you, I've got stuff to read, you know, and um, uh, step 11, um, you know, prayer and meditation. Uh, I'm like a beginner at meditation and I've been kind of resisting it um, probably because it meant that my head wouldn't be running the show for the one minute or however long it would be. Um, but even like looking at stuff in nature or like, you know, uh, you know, watching animals and birds and whatever, um, like makes you feel more connected to like God's creation or, or whatever uh, to, you know, the world in general. And then, um, the prayer part, like I, uh, took a suggestion a few years ago that I, that I pray that the step three and step seven prayer from the AA big book every day in the morning. And, um, I work at a school with like a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of kids, um, and I teach music to all of them, like the whole school, not the same day, but they rotates. And it's a lot of fun. And, uh, but it's also a lot of work and I get stressed out. And like, I would pray the step three prayer, turning over the classes I was going to have, <laughs> especially with some of them. I'm like, okay, you know, I got them. Help me be patient with them and loving and firm and all that and have a good sense of humor. And the days that I prayed it, it did a lot better. Uh, step 12, um, uh, you know, you know, trying to, hmm? oh, is that, was that 15? Okay. I thought someone said, okay. Just under, you're almost there at 15. Okay. 15. All right. Um, um, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message. I like that it says tried to, if the person doesn't think so, that doesn't mean that I did a terrible job or something because that would make me their higher power. And um, 
like I like that it says we tried to, um, and to practice these principles in our all our affairs. Um, you know, I I always get stressed out at myself for saying like, oh well, how can I get stressed out? I'll be a bad example of the program, and it's like, yeah, except I'm still human. So, <laughs> and uh, I remember one time my sponsor was like, Cindy, are you God? And I was like, no, because I was taking responsibility for whether a newcomer came back. And she was like, do you, are you their higher power? I'm like, no. So, um, you know, but a lot of, a lot of people, one, one other thing about step 12 is that like all the service positions and stuff are a way of like, of like paying it forward. A whole bunch of people, uh, all these, all these people like paid it forward when I came in, you know, when I was in high school and I needed help and they gave me rides because I didn't have transportation and they let me call them and do outreach calls in the middle of the night and stuff. And they shared their stories with me and I'd like to, you know, be able to pay it forward uh, to other people. Um, and uh, like I said, um, grateful to be here. I've been abstaining from my eating disorder since uh, 94 and uh, I'll uh, finish with that. Thank you. <laughs>